The following is a part of the Radio Memphis On Demand service. It originally aired live on Radio Memphis and has been edited for time. Here on the Booze and Blues on this Sunday evening, the 31st day of March. It's the last Sunday of the month. Too. I just, Hi, Natalie. How are you, honey? Hey, I am well, Your Grace. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I need to kiss the ring. Um, I've been dying to say that all day after watching a whole week of the Tudors. Oh, did you really? Oh, yes. what did you think? What did you think? I, I liked it. It gets you sucked I, into I it. I mean, it? yeah. I mean, I agree. Some of it was kind of slow, but yeah. yeah. Once he he got he did away with uh, Queen Anne, I was oh, Anne hooked. Boleyn. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was hooked after that. Are you are you done with it? Or are you still? I finished it today. Actually. Oh wow. Yeah. N- now I have a much better understanding of why my ancestors left England. <laughs> <laughs> they were a rough bunch, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. He knew he knew how to get rid of a wife. Now, didn't he? Oh sure. <laughs> oh, you're not going to give me a divorce? Fine, I'll cut your head off. That's, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> if, o- if only we could do that today. <laughs> Lord. Oh my God. Uh, we're, we're, uh, Does we're... Joe need to worry? <laughs> no, she doesn't need to worry. I didn't think so. Maybe I need to worry. I don't, I don't. There you go. That's what, that's, she's the queen. Yeah. Uh, we're in the midst of the Borgias right now, so. Oh, no, okay, yes, I've seen the Borgias. Jer- Actually, I, I do think that I like the Borgias better. Yeah. I have to say, yeah. Yeah, it's it's fascinating stuff. I'm I'm a big fan of the history. Speaking of history, mm-hmm. tonight here in this room, we are making it. We are making some history, and 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 we and we have for you kids, uh, uh, Robert Nighthawk and the Wampus Cats, and and I wanted to I, I looked this up because I was curious. The the Wampus Cat itself. The actual definition. You know what a wampus cat is? No, tell us, please. Would you like to know? I would. Love According to, to Wikipedia, mm-hmm. a wampus cat uh, is a creature of American folklore. It's used as a mascot for numerous educational institutions. Uh, a folkloric creature with supposed shape-shifting powers can trace its roots to Native American folklore in, of the southeastern United States. Cherokee legend has it that during a secret meeting of tribal elders, a young woman from the tribe secretly witnessed the ceremony. She was then cursed by the elders, and during the 1920 and 1930 newspapers report of a wampus cat killing livestock in North Carolina to Georgia. Possibly it was uh, early intrusions of coyotes or the uh, uh, jaguarundi. Uh, the livestock deaths were attributed to the legendary Wampus of Lore. So we got a bunch wow. of livestock killers in the room tonight. So. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> we, we gave that up. I think the derivation is from the word catawampus, which can mean evil or askew or sideways or lots of stuff. It could be just slightly askew. Maybe more than slightly. My grandmother heard me singing one day and said it sounded like a squalling wampus cat. And that's where it all <laughs> That's where it all began. Oh so long ago. And here you are with a brand new record. Uh this thing is this thing is tremendous, guys. Uh cheating time or cheating time, depending on how you uh, how you want to inflect that. My favorite thing so far about this record is the cover art. Me too. I, I love it. I love this. It screams. Welcome to the space age. I, you know, <laughs> I see your post on Facebook a lot, and you and you 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 will often post images from the space age. You know, the '50s, '60s iconic look of the future, and some of the cars you and I have a, a shared like of of classic automobiles. I mean, yes. beautiful, beautiful rides. I'll wait the monorail, the flying car, all that good stuff. Oh right? yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is this is a this is a fun record. This has been a while since you guys had a record out. Yeah, Kerry Mahoney did the CD design, and we want to thank you, Kerry Mahoney. You did a great job. We just she said, "Well, what kind of what do you guys really want?" And I said, "Ah, I want to be welcome to the space age." So yeah. 
she did such a lovely job with that. So that this is this is an original piece of art then. Yeah. This is fantastic. Yeah, because because she stole it properly. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm, let's give her the proper credit. She this, this is creative for sure, and I love it. You know, the train in the tube is the Wampus Express. <laughs> and that it is and I love the policeman on the little flying uh, yeah, thing yeah Dick Tracy uh, illusion <laughs> Sam and Dick Tracy in the yeah. flying trash cans oh yeah uh, wrist radio wrist TV sorry wrist TV wrist TV before yeah before we had them and stuff yeah cause we got those now got it now FaceTime yawn yeah Dick boring Dick Tracy thought it was great but you know when it arrived <laughs> <laughs> it was an invasion of privacy, that's, that's for sure. Uh, you guys had your official CD release party, was it last night, wasn't it? Friday night. Friday night, mm -hmm. yeah. How was that? How'd it go? We had a blast. It was uh, over at the B-side and uh, in the old Tasty Bread factory. Yes, the old Tasty Bread, yeah. Still had a little <sighs> good bread smell. <laughs> Maybe it's just my memories from the 60s, I a guess. A little hint of something a in there. A little hint of my of your 1960s youth. Tasty Bread memories kicking back in. <laughs> it might have been something else. It was right outside the door. Anyway, yeah, it's now I mean, Minglewood Hall. Yeah, it's at Minglewood Hall. So I don't know if you were smelling something else. Uh, you know, it could be. It could I be. It was the tasty bread thing. Yeah. You know, I, I, history, again, history. <laughs> um, also, since I have seen you last, you have been, uh, you guys have gotten a brass note on Beale Street. Congratulations uh, uh, to the. very excited about that. Well deserved. Thank um, you. Now all of Beale can walk all over you. Yeah, it's been going on for a long time. Let's do this up right. <laughs> Let's do it correctly. <laughs> well, I'm the truth. Seriously. Uh, kidding and all kidding aside at the same time. Uh, a whole bunch of folks that helped with all of that, well, a bunch of our former bandmates weren't really around to see that happen, so we really want to remember them and all those people. We were playing on Beale Street in 1984 in the park before the wording clubs. Yeah. I want to remember all those people who so very, very badly wanted the Memphis music scene to come back. And I assure you, it was not back until they got that all happening down there because we were playing for tips in the park. And the only gig before that was at, was at Blues Alley yeah, or uh, sometimes at Club Paradise. And I was playing the Club Paradise one some. And Blues Alley, they closed. So to all the folks good kind people that love music so much that they carried the flag down there and played under some less than wonderful working conditions sometimes just out of the love for the music uh, just want to remember all those people man because none of you couldn't walk down Beale Street and see anything had it not been for those people I realize there were some entrepreneurs involved as well I'm not discounting their contributions but the guys that put asses in seats yeah. were the ones that brought Beale Street back. And I, that needs to be remembered. I hope it was just then. Uh, well, you're right. I, I hope it is because sometimes I wonder about the direction of that part of the city. You know? Well, we could talk about that. Another hour or so. <laughs> We're on till 11, uh, Robert. We got all night. You have like a captive audience that's incarcerated. Or maybe in Probably somewhere. can't change the channel it's, because that'll be the ones that really want to hang on these words. We we have been critical in the past of, of the city, and I think rightfully so, deservedly so. I think, you know, musicians getting the, the raw end of the stick sometimes, you know, most of the time. I think we signed on for that. We, we know what's up as far as what to expect. The fact that we have no protagonist 
what is beyond sad and antithetical to the progress of our city is one single, simple, solitary thing. Outdoor loudspeakers on Beale Avenue. Wouldn't that be something? If you take down the loudspeakers on Beale, there is no reason for people to loiter on the street. There is no reason to try to sell someone passage for $10 on a public street that I have been paying taxes to upkeep for many decades. Yes. So let's be, let's be honest about what we're trying to do. Are we trying to pander to the lowest common denominator? Are we trying to inculcate culture and give people a slice of our city? Because what we're doing now is not that. We're putting people off a lot of times. And I'm talking about every kind of somebody that walks down Beale Street. If it's crowded and people don't feel safe, if it doesn't smell good, if it's not proper and clean, then we're not really doing a good, uh, we're not serving our city really well. If the first people that our tourists and guests see or beggars instead of professional musicians, we're not doing our job very well. If we have no plan to dovetail tourism with music, music is probably the most valid, most recognizable export of this city. So, and I said I wasn't going to preach what a lie that was. <laughs> but you know, you, you're, 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 you're saying that you're saying the truth. I mean, that's, there's, there's no, there's no two ways about it. I mean, this station exists because of guys like you. Yes. You know, and that That's was right. the whole point was to 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 get the you know there's a lot of musicians here, and sometimes they just they they either get overlooked or they're just not they're not they're not they're not given the attention I think is deserved. Somebody needs to preach it. So yeah, so what we thought would be best is let's just play this stuff. Might as well, you know. Dance, you know, <laughs> there's, there's that. Uh, I, I just think it would be great to celebrate the music more and worry more about the music than the architecture of the park and a bunch of other silly you know if, if those guys need to make some easy money let them keep on working on the cobblestones they've gotten some work out of that for 50 years or so so they can keep on their cobblestone project that'll never be finished well it's, sure you guys have done you guys have done so well without it i mean i remember seeing you guys at the Windjammer on Brookhaven Circle back in the 80s and, and packing it in to where I couldn't even move or breathe in that place. Yeah, we so. uh, we lived a lot of nights over there in the Circle Cafe. We lived a lot of... We have played, I think, uh, every single storefront on Beale Street, some of which are no longer there, including Number One Beale and some other ones, but uh, we're... We're proud of that. We survived all that stuff. We may not be a lot, but we're surviving old honky-tonk musicians, and that's that's plenty. If you can survive in Memphis, Tennessee, and feed yourself playing Memphis music for, oh, more than a week or two, then you have my undying respect. It's a tough town, as you very well know. Yes, it is. And it's a tough lesson for some of these young musicians that come through. They go, man, it's tough playing Memphis. But when I go to Jackson or if I go to Little Rock, I can fill up a room and I say I'm a Memphis musician. I'm like, yeah, that's the badge. Sometimes it that's, works. That's uh, the badge. Well, you guys yeah. have a lot of fans, and Mark and I were at the CD release party, and you packed it in there. And I'm excited for the people to hear the new music. I love the new CD. Thank you, Natalie. You are awesome.
awesome. You are a great proponent of Memphis music. And when I said we don't have a protagonist, I exclude you, you folks in this room because I know you, you folks all care and you're trying to make a difference and trying to represent for my city, Maine. Well, we try. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's the best we can do is try. And don't ever let it be said I never did my best, as it were. Um, brother, and I thank you. How about a how about a tune, fellas? Uh, let's uh, let's jump on into it, and uh, well, we, we're lucky to have you tonight. And uh, I was hoping to hear some stuff from you guys. Cool. I've got one of these Hammond M3 organs at home, so we're going to de- dedicate this to my aunt Georgia Beth. I, I was told you had one of these, and I felt really good about bringing it in here. I thought, well, there's a man that knows his way around one of these things. It's it's, it's a lovely thing. It's, uh, the one I have is from 1955, and her father bought it for her when she was a music major at Memphis State College. A long, long. About 1955. Let's play a song, guys. What do you think? That would be the teachers. <laughs> 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 that would be Smart. the teachers' lounge. The teachers' college. Teachers' college. Teachers' college. Teachers' college. Where did they change it? Yeah, they changed the sign, and then the basketball got no, better. Sure. I used to see Mo Abba's teams. Yeah. I was out there. Go Tigers, go! I was that guy as a youth, you know. Yeah. We were defeated more times than I can count, but it never dissuaded us from Go Tigers Go. So we That's, still love the Tigers. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, man. Got to. Got to.
Yeah. Yeah, they do. <laughs> we can really break it down, make the mice get quiet. Oh, yeah. There We're you not going to do it yet. Tell you what, that's that's the Memphis sound right there. It's what you know that's is that is that? it. Yeah. And we we love Booker T. I know Groove used to. He was so cool. I I couldn't have been able to do it because like, you know, when you have Duck Dunn, you're playing at Huey's on a Sunday night, and Duck Dunn walks in right in front of you, three feet in front of you, standing at the bar, orders a Budweiser, and sits there and drinks Budweiser all night long, watches the band. We've been intimidated pretty badly. <laughs> the group was nonplussed. He didn't even break stride. No. He did not care. Just, just kept on going. Likewise, we, I can't remember. I think we got you don't fired because he got fired. Thomas Box got mad one night. God rest his soul. And I think he fired you and then hired you right back within about a minute or so. You were there. Speaking yeah. of not being able to remember. I can't remember. That's why I'm asking. That was a question mark. It was an interrogative. A lot of mileage between here and there, man. <laughs> No, we were, uh, I think we were We were playing a song, and we got all excited, and it was kind of loud. Well, he, he happened to, he wasn't, he wasn't at the bar, and he had called and uh, was talking to the bartender right when we were kind of <laughs> loud, you know, ending a song or something, and like he, so he was there in five minutes, walked in the door, and he always kind of had it out for me anyway, but it was, we, we were playing, and, and uh, <laughs> Y'all get your stuff and get out, you know. And I was like, oh, Thomas, come on, man, let us, you know. And I chased him around the bar a couple of times. And, and okay, y'all can finish tonight, but, you know, y'all play too loud and all that, you know. And, and uh, I was thinking later, because he was going to pay us. I thought, well, we should have just took the money and left. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it was 
That's one way for us to learn. Yeah. Screw you. Pay us and we're out of here. Yeah. But God rest his soul. He was, he was, he was, he was a great guy. It was, yeah, he was Thomas, a great guy. Yeah. He was a musician. Thomas was a they, they would call us uh, uh, whenever they, they would have uh, out-of-town entertainment uh, and that, that inevitably would get broke down over in Arkansas or somewhere. And, and they knew we were uh, our truck stayed loaded. Suitcase ready. Yeah, we're always on call. Oh, right, ready, ready at the door. We'll, yeah, like we'll be there at ten. Ready, loaded yeah. suitcase, ready to go. Yeah. yeah. But usually, usually Jay would, would, would be the one that would call. But, uh, but hey, can you go play at this? You know, it, well, it was back then. Though, all, I guess all it was was the Midtown. Was, they might have had one or two of them. But, uh, but, but yeah, we'd go. Yeah, okay. And and, uh, and of course, we'd talk him out of a couple of couple of extra gigs. That happened, to, <laughs> that happened here recently with another band. Jay Sheffield's a good guy, too. Big, a big proponent of blues music, roots music in general. It's given a lot of us jobs down through the years. Lots and lots of them. Yeah. Giving somebody jobs tonight, some Memphis musicians. Thanks, Jay. But that, that, that was always a good thing. You'd get there and somebody else's equipment would be set up and, and you know they made a mistake. Well, then you'd say, okay, well, get your calendar out and give me a Give me a bunch of days, you know. It worked. You built them into some gigs. If you had <laughs> that's any that's, technique. Will that, that's exactly right. That, that's a lesson to you kids at home. Yeah, guilt them if they say no. Yeah. <laughs> it's worked for the Catholics for two thousand years, for God's sake. <laughs> uh, we got we got time for one more before a break, and then I was going to play a tune off of the record here. So, uh, cool. what you guys want to do? I think we're just going to play something. <laughs> I love that. It's something C. That's a, there we go. Always breaking out the harmonica rig. Look out now. Oh, God. Natalie's getting worked up. It's that panty dropping music. Here we go.
Yes, sirree. There you go. How about that? Yes. Over on guitar, you got Mike Forrest, Dave Parker's on the bass tonight, James Cunningham on drums, uh, Robert Nighthawk Toombs on uh, the uh, the keys and the harp and the vocals. It's the Wampus Cats, kids. Wampus Cats. We're going to take a break. We got. Uh, I'm going to play a couple of tunes off of the record, uh, the brand new record called Cheating Time. I was going to play the uh, the first two cuts, Cheating Time, which is the title track, and The Broken Heart. Yeah. Well, can I say a quick thing? Yes, sir. Just so folks know. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, uh... Beyond coincidence, I wrote this song several years ago called Cheating Time about the time-space continuum. It's just a silly little song that I wrote because I admired a song lyric that a friend of mine had written. His name was John Kilzer. And so I wrote this song lovingly in response to his song lyric and also as a flimsy excuse to use his beautiful half a line in my song. <laughs> and sadly for me, I never got yeah. the opportunity for him to hear the song. But um, I hadn't sung this song for a long time, and when we started rehearsing all the songs on the record to go perform at the CD uh, release party, I sang that song over and over again that night. It was a Tuesday night, I think. And I went home, and the very first thing I saw was my friend's face on the computer and he was gone so all this to say theory of relativity <laughs> time is what you make of it and love the people you love while you got a chance so that's that's a little something uh, I'll send you and John would say we're going to love you and there's nothing you can do about it <laughs> I've heard him say that in person before yeah what a sweet sweet soul yes sir is reality a half empty glass to a thirsty man or the half an inch of water that you think you're gonna drown in whatever you spend your time you or me it's a matter of personal priority yeah What the that you think you're gonna drown in However you spend your time You and me It's a matter of personal priority Now at 4.03 Between my friend John Cusel and me 
said perception is reality. A half empty glass to a thirsty man, or the half an inch of water that you think you're gonna drown in. However, you spend your time, you and me, it's a matter of personal priority. Hickory dickory the hands flew off my glove. Does that reflect my disdain for time? What does it mean? I only have hours left.
Uh, broken Heart from Robert Nighthawk and the Wampus Cats there. And ahead of that, it was uh, Cheating Time, as we have the boys here in the studio this uh, Sunday evening. Thank you guys so much for coming in. Congratulations on the new record. Uh, it is available where sold, I assume? Yeah, we're on Apple and we're on Amazon and uh, out of the trunk of the car. And we're <laughs> at, the, at the shows? At the show. Show. Mad Jack Records is what uh, is what uh, where it all came together. Yeah, we'd uh, we'd like to send people to Mad Jack Records since they have had that confidence in us. So we certainly appreciate that. Uh, they got a bunch of really great talent on their label too. So you might check some of these folks out on that label while you're there. Some uh, of my favorites. You guys have a have a standing gig uh, in town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not this is it. Not this is it. You're looking at it right now. Yeah. Thank no, you, man. No single, no single place. I'm, uh, I'm playing tomorrow at the Blue City. <laughs> By yourself? Yeah, is it? <laughs> it's a wampus cat. Yeah, is what yeah. you probably slay all over the place, but no place in particular time and again. You, is there going to be a tour, a cheating time tour? Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, we're, we're wide open to it. Somebody, if somebody wants us, we're, uh, we're ready to go. we got a full tank of gas Bags packed. Just standing at the door, just like the old days. Always ready. I used to have a job. I played a job with this other guy. We did a piano show, me and my friend Tim, and a guy would call us up sometimes at 2 in the afternoon and say, hey, man, I got a job for you. We'd get all excited. Oh, that's great. Where is it? Well, it's in Shreveport. Oh, my. Tonight. And you need to be there at (laughs) 6. That beats at 6.30. And so I would literally grab my bag and just get in the car. They paid as well, so we went. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah, you had to kind of be ready to do that. I think when they found Albert King's bus, there was a bunch of Brazilian guys in an Albert King tribute band that, that actually oh, ended up with Albert King's bus. This is true. Check me out on this. Oh, wow. Check me out on this. If I'm, tell, if I'm not telling the truth, somebody call in and straighten us out. These cats loved Albert King, had an Albert King tribute band. They came up here and bought his bus okay when they got it in the in the base was a packed suitcase with his stuff in it really bonus yeah as i said you got to be ready wow his bus used to say and i i pulled over my college roommate and i pulled over because we saw his bus it was 
like an old GMC or something, and down the side of it it said, Albert King, I'll play the blues for you. I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. I screamed for my buddy to pull the car over so we could check out the bus. We did. We went up to the front. Albert had been driving. There was a great big coffee mug in the shape of a woman's breast. <laughs> the booby mug. Yeah, it was a, a big, lovely brown one, and I just I love that and cherish that memory. And I saw Albert King on Christmas night with my brother one time at the Muhammad Ali Town 2 Cinema, and uh, he came out and played three sets, and every set he had on a different three-piece silk suit. A red one, a green one, and a blue one. Wow. He was absolutely magnificent. Oh, wow. He slayed the audience, dude. What a great talent Albert King was. I wonder what was in the bag that they found in the bu- in the bottom of the bus. Uh, they, they, uh, they, more some suits? Of suits and uh, some suits. of his prescriptions and stuff. And um, Yeah, but it's a Brazilian Brazilian tribute, Albert King tribute. That's Isn't brilliant. It? Yeah. <laughs> absolutely God brilliant. God works in mysterious ways. <laughs> I wouldn't say so. <laughs> Supposed to go the bus, all of it. Yeah, it's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Just to keep keep the keep the music going, man. Yeah. I didn't know that there was an Albert King tribute act. First of all, uh, yeah. you know, because I know a lot of guys will cover his stuff, but to have an act built specifically around Albert King—that's big. Albert King used to come watch uh, this band play back in the '80s at the Club Paradise, and uh, I got a job through Earl Forrest, who was BB King's drummer in the '50s. He was our manager back then, and. Earl was my heart. I show love Earl Forrest. Earl had some hit records of his own. He was the first black engineer anywhere around here on Duke Records and later on Peacock Records. And Earl Forrest is the guy that put Ike Turner and a fellow named Sam Phillips together so that they could record Rocket 88 with Jackie Breslin. Oh, yeah. 706 Union. So anyway, it all comes around in a circle. The first rock and roll song. I will hold to my guns on that. It is. It is. I mean, you could. It's. It's. Yeah, yeah. I I got a chance to work for Mr. Phillips back in the '80s, and he was his main gig then was just giving interviews for people writing books and documentaries and, and stuff. And, yeah. And um, I was working. I was lucky enough to be working right there in the den, in his den wiring up some lights and stuff and, and so these people would leave and uh, about the time I would get there to, to, to do my electrician work you know and uh, he would just he would be in the in the, in his mode of giving interviews and he would just start talking to me because I was the only one there I think you're, you're gonna hear this story whether you want to or not <laughs> but he would, uh, he'd look over those uh, bifocals you know and say now, David, um, I didn't start all this stuff about Rocket 88 being the first rock and roll song, and he would go on for minutes, you know, and, but he'd sum it up. He said, but it was the first rock and roll song. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, man, if I'd only had a little cassette recorder. Who <coughs> needed to record that? Boy, that would be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, he, without a doubt. He, but really, <coughs> the Sam I knew was, was a very gracious and a, Nice guy, really. Yeah. I mean, he was, uh, uh, you know, he, he helped me out a couple of times, gave me work when I needed, you know, stuff like that. He was a no-nonsense, no-bullshit yeah, kind of guy. I mean, he, yeah. he really got to the point. And, and, uh, yeah. But I, I was very, very lucky to have met him and, and, and known him. 
There's kind of another cool story about that very record. Uh, when Ike Turner's band was coming up from Texas to Memphis to cut the record at 706 Union, they went around a corner too fast and lost an amplifier. <laughs> and it flew off of the car. Wow. Yeah, it was just back then, you know, we had a groove had a panel van. We rode around the Delta end quite a bit for a while. But back then, you know, I mean, guys would have station wagons. That would be like the ultimate musician or vehicle at the time. Sure. And otherwise, it was the biggest caddy or whatever you could find that would hold all your stuff. And the stuff that wouldn't fit, they would literally just bungee it on the top or whatever. So they went around the corner, lost the amp. They got on, on into Memphis, and by the time they got there, well, there's no place to buy a speaker. So Mr. Phillips said, oh, don't worry about that, son. He went over to the trash basket and grabbed a wad of paper that had been thrown up there and stuffed it in the hole on the speaker. And that's that fuzzy guitar sound. Really? I really? that story. That's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Pretty cool. Huh? That is cool. Yeah, I got lots of stories. <laughs> yeah, he's not making that. I've read that one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, that's true. I remember that. Before we yeah. got on the air, we were talking about grabbing a fuzzy sound. I think out of that Epiphone. I thought, well, I got a pocket knife on me, and he goes, "Hey, it's been done." <laughs> Luke Ray, <laughs> we, we can on do rumble. Yeah. We get a little rumble going. Yeah, Supro Thunderbolt. Well, how about a tune, fellas? Might as well. We can't dance, as I like to say. <laughs> I will. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Ricky, you want to sing one? Yeah. We need, to get, we need to get Ricky on the mic. <laughs> Ricky and is in Ricky Nelson. Nelson. Ricky, sing us a song. Y'all want to do the uh, Tom Waits song?
It looks so easy, really. Well, it is. Player piano. <laughs> it's player piano. Yeah, you're the player. <laughs> Somebody asked me. I was, I was playing. What's up, Ryan? Ryan Wells coming in the studio. Yeah, look out now. But somebody asked how long I've been playing, and I, you know, what I, I started. I had to think a minute, and I was like. I was kind of choking up on uh, 50 years. I was like, could that be right? I, oh. Well, you're only 46. No. Give the old guy a break. There's some problems with recollection. Yeah. <laughs> it happens, it happens to the best of us. in the time space continuum. That's yeah, that's exactly right. That's that's my story. Yeah, which dimension are we in? Yeah, there's a rip in the time thing somewhere. It's We're a, cheating. We are I finally, I, I just gave that away, didn't I? I shouldn't have said that. When you record music, you cheat time. And when you take a photograph, you cheat time. Movies. So I true. I was a guy saying, as few pictures of the band as possible on the record, maybe. <laughs> there's one. It's, it's, on, the, it's on the back. Rick, Rick yeah. Cheddar's voice going out into space. Cheating time. You know, we... When I was at uh, when I worked in FM radio, we used to talk about that, and, and there was an engineer that told me he said because of the way FM signals propagate, your voice is traveling at the speed of light out into the universe, and it's going to continue on. It eventually turns into noise, you but have a huge Martian fan base somewhere. We'd like to think so. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's going to listen to go. What the hell is this? You got lots of people wearing lunar lander clothes, you know, just sitting around <laughs> yeah. digging it. You know, like man, I think this Rick guy. <laughs> I wish I were on another planet so I could get the signal a little better. Okay, hold your hands up just like that. <laughs> uh, what about one more tune here before we uh, take a break? Oh, he's got a harp. Look out, Natalie. Oh, look out now. We're going to have to hose you down out of the break. Let me get my fan ready. Yeah. <laughs> 
not even have a friend Sir, yeah. that's the blues. Yes. Yes, it is. From Robert Nighthawk and the Wampus Cats here at Radio Memphis. We'll pause. We'll be back here with more with these guys and a couple of more tunes off the record. I've got uh, Lost at Love and Will to Swing here in just a bit there. Robert, what do you think of that? Cool. Will that work for you? That, another well, that Will to Swing is an instrumental. That's, uh, that's my buddy Memphis Mike's son playing guitar on that one. We were kind of proud of that. Glad you mentioned it. Yeah. Uh, his son is named Will, Will Forrest, and his older son, his second child, is named Cole, and Cole was at the gig 35 years ago in Handy Park when Mike joined the band. Yeah, we might as well. We're old as hell. <laughs> so uh, anyway, we thought it would be really cool if we could get Mike's younger son, who is a guitar virtuoso, to play on our record. So I wrote that little song just for him to play on. All right. Those changes cool. are strictly for Will. That's all for Will to swing. Oh, I get it. Nice. So, I see what you did there. Yeah, that's yeah. what it's all about.
you go. That is uh, the Wampus Cats there with uh, Robert Nighthawk there and Will to Swing. The uh, the record is called Cheating Time. It is available where sold. Uh, go over to Mad Jack Records and uh, and discover uh, these guys if you haven't and uh, already and uh, check out some of the other artists as well and add Cheating Time to your uh, to your uh, your library. It's a yes. it's, it's a fantastic record. You guys, congratulations, fantastic. fellas. It's uh, Thanks, I know making a record can uh, can be sort of a Sometimes it can be a real trying experience. Sometimes it can be a bit of a labor. Uh, this one sounds to me like you guys had had a pretty good time in the studio with it. The music business, generally speaking, every time you make a record, you get screwed out of money. <laughs> and this will be the only time that we have not. Well, that's good. Or that we so far. Hopefully, that maybe you know they won't fail to pay us. But uh, yeah, we uh, we're delighted and thrilled to be with Ronnie Russell and Mad Jack Records because it just very uh, quality human being and a friend and a classy individual and we're, we're, we're really delighted about that uh, otherwise I'm not real sure we would even have fooled with it much anymore James yeah. helped an awful lot by building and buying and equipping a studio and um, that took more than a day <laughs> but yeah. over the years and uh, improving things as we went and learning as we went and so it was really, really cool. That that one thing alone gave everybody a whole lot of motivation. It's huge impetus when you see, hey, you know, my whole life you couldn't go make a record because you had to have a budget and money for tape and studio mm-hmm. and recording engineers and on and on. And now you can you can do it. We've we've done that here, and uh, we've 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 begun to kind of tap into to the market, especially for guys that don't have a whole lot of money to spend. It's like yeah. they just need something, and yeah. and that's this this place has always been that way. And thankfully, we've been able to come in here and, and do that, and just say, you know, especially the younger artists, and say, look, you guys need a demo or something. We let us help you with that, and let's not break the bank. Yeah, that's you know. that's perfect. And really, Memphis can use a lot of that. Um, I was alluding to a little bit earlier. There's not that much. Um, Nowadays, there's no real protagonist for the common musician that I'm aware of. And so we're losing some of what we call the blues tradition, which is the characteristic by which the older musicians hand off their knowledge to the younger ones so that they know how to play Memphis music the way it's supposed to be played properly, not just like some guy from Sheboygan. (laughs) <laughs> it's supposed to be played right. Sheboygan, <laughs> Sheboygan. But, uh, we love you Sheboygan we love you Sheboygan but I thank God that you appreciate the way I play the blues because it's just a little different it's a little different from everybody else it's just like this Hammond organ right here you can take anybody that can, that's capable of playing the instrument put them in front of it and they're going to sound unique It's going they're going to get a different sound out of it there's so many variables involved I can I can tell you that since we've been since we've had this and since uh, we've been on the air, you're the second one to put it on the air. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 great. I actually have a Hammond endorsement, and that concludes my resume. <laughs> well, not quite. Not quite. Uh, I, I would like to take this little moment to say that we're very fortunate to have Robert on our board of directors for the Memphis Blue Society. And and we're very appreciative of his service, and helps to um, helps to steer the ship a little bit. Yeah, very much. yes. I'm tickled to death. Uh, nothing makes me. Happier. We're very fortunate to have him. Nothing makes me happier. I I was in a meeting thirty 
odd years ago with a cat named uh, Joe Severin, who had this great idea, we all thought, and it was called the Blues Foundation. And he wanted to support blues music in Memphis, the home of the blues. And so all the musicians that were playing in Handy Park at the time for tips, because that's what you did. Uh, we played for such wonderful people that lived in the high rises down the street and passersby. But um, the first bucket full of tips that you would make after your first set all went to Joe Saverin to try to support the blues. And he was down there every single day, rain or shine. And a lot of days, so were we. And I think in about 1985 or so, Preston Lamb was quoted in the commercial appeal saying that we brought Beale Street back using Memphis music. And I thought that was profound and kind as well. And quite incredibly true. And we've, we're sitting on a powder keg of beautiful music. We just asking for a light day after day asking for a light brother can you spare a match <laughs> so I can set this son of a bitch on fire <laughs> I think if you took the sort of talent and I mean this sincerely uh, there's it runs so deep in this city there's so many really talented musicians in this city mm. that were they in any place else that didn't have quite such a glut of talent they would be held in such high esteem because I've been to other places and I see what they consider to be you know some of their yeah. best acts and we can hold our own anywhere I'm talking about the average Memphis musician is a cut above and I'm very proud of them all yeah. as are we I, I, you know we wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the talent like like you guys and, and your colleagues and and I hope I, I really do hope that there's somebody even if they're listening out there that want to learn to play the way that you play to, to, to seek you out and, and to listen to your stuff and, and emulate. Cause you know, you had your, your, um, your influences as well. You, you grew up listening to, to various musicians and whatnot and, and honed your craft that same way that people do when they listen to this. Right. Most people just need a little, uh, inspiration, a little motivation. They need to be pointed in the right direction. My friend Joe Boogie, uh, showed him how to play the Hammond organ one day and then he showed his friend, Chris Stevenson, and so Joe's sort of my musical, I have no children, Joe's sort of my musical son, and Chris is like my grandson, he calls me Papa. <coughs> God, I'm old. But, uh, Are you getting book limbs? Uh, I, I love them both dearly, yeah. and, and El Boog um, has always uh, been loyal and true blue to the, to the music, and played, I guess, as many nights on Beale Street as anybody I know, too, so... It's a lot of commitment and a lot of love that you see from these people over years of time. So that's what made it wonderful was people caring. So care, folks. If you can muster it, try to care yeah. about one another in this city. Please. Absolutely. I, I say it all the time. Take care of yourselves and take care of one another and stop shooting each other. That, is, that, would, that would help. Um, this record, uh, Cheating Time, it's not just the four of you. you got some other artists that have uh, lended uh, a little bit of assistance to this record, too, didn't you? We sure did. Uh, Reba Russell came. And oh, lovely Reba. Did a great job on a couple of tunes, singing background vocals. I've been in her band for 27 years uh, and have traveled all over the world uh, in her band, 
way to the North Pole and <laughs> points south. <Literally. laughs> Pretty specific there, Robert. Well, I, well, small bard. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, it's where Santa Claus Workshop is, and we worked our way down from there. Reba's another Memphis treasure. Oh, she's lovely. And uh, also, my friend Jim Spake always comes to blow some horn on my song on a, a song that I write. And, and he did that. I wrote this little song called I'm Blue, and he played some cool saxophone <gasps> on that. Are you going to do that song? I love it. I can't do it here right this minute, honey. We're going gonna to play it off the record a little oh, bit later good, on. Good, yeah, good. we're going to play it okay, later. Good, yeah. good, good, cheated good. time, actually, and captured that. <laughs> actually, cheated the clock. And I have preserved it as if it were in formaldehyde. It's a beautiful here. song. It's a. It's really he, a beautiful song. He ripped song. right through the fabric of the space-time continuum to make that it song does. just for Natalie. It definitely Gable. grabs your heart. It's I promise you. Too, let me tell you. Yeah, it's an emotional thing, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, how about how about a tune then, fellas? Uh, something a little bit different then. Got a million of them. Thank you. 
That's a fun little track right there. Uh, that's why he's the Groove right Parker. Yeah. Uh, but before we pause here, Robert, I want to ask you: How would you define Memphis music? You've been in it all these years. What? What? Why is Memphis music so much more special than any any other uh, other music in, in in locale? Because, well, you just said it. The last word in your question locale. is the answer to the beginning of your question, which is: It isn't magic. Magic being the answer to your question magic location that represents an intersection of cultures and vehicles of moving human beings by rail and water roads up through highway 61 longest road i know goes from chicago clean down to the gulf of mexico that's the blues highway yeah in front of rum boogie club they call it bb king boulevard goes all the way to Chicago, down to the, the Gulf of Mexico, where the blues began. So if you go up that highway and you end up in the Delta for a while, the next really big stop is Memphis, Tennessee. Well, when you add in the phenomenon of radio, clear channel radio, the fact that people like B.B. King could sit and hear late night Jimmy Rogers and uh, Hank Williams Sr. And we're picking up on that. Mm -hmm. Django Reinhardt, T-Bone Walker, all these different influences. And then there's these guys in KFFA, AM radio in Helena, Arkansas with the King Biscuit time. And they got Sonny Boy Williamson to host the show for like 15 minutes every day. 100,000 watts of AM just blowtorch blues. That's That was huge. That's where the term clear channel came from. Right yeah. on. Sunshine, yeah. sunny pain. Yeah. And so a lot of us that grew up, you know, back then would hear WDIA and we would hear KFFA um, when we were little kids. And that's what we were steeped in. And so that is also the answer to your question is because... It, it, the good stuff rose to the top and everybody wanted to hear it and all this mishmash detailed stuff about the color of whoever it was that played it did not matter if you were listening to it on a radio it did not matter just on the face of it but then once you got into the music you realized that was really something to celebrate our differences it wasn't something to segregate it was something to enjoy that's why we have Gregor Mendel and uh, Hybrid Vigor and all these yeah, other things. It's yeah. science, man. That's what it is, Bill. But it's an intersection of people and cultures and country music and, and uh, all these people that went to New Orleans that from all over the world landed there and started coming up through. So you get these slow filtrations of, of uh, all kinds of different culture and it all landed in Memphis. And it was so heavy that people like Elvis Presley it was just irresistible to him. He could not, he couldn't refuse it. He couldn't stop. I mean, there was no stopping that guy from playing the blues. Yeah, yeah. Too bad. That was, the die was cast. So that's what happened. And it was undeniable. And it was undeniably good. And hopefully we'll all celebrate it. And nobody will feel bad about art just because of the history of some of the things that happened in the Hopefully we can all just celebrate playing music and 
and move along to love one another and uh, not harbor any ill will. That's the plan. Amen. Well, I couldn't follow that up if I tried.
That's a fantastic sound there. The song is called Regardless from Robert Nighthawk and the Wampus Cats from the album Cheating Time or Cheating Time. Either way. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> Whatever turns your crank is uh, what. The, what a great picture that's happening right there. It's just a, it's a nice, uh, smooth, uh, jazzy thing, yeah, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a nighttime. It's a true story. It's a song I wrote about hearing music in my head all the time, and I have no choice over it. A lot of you probably have the same situation, but uh, we all have voices in our heads. But, if, if you're, <laughs> but, but when I play well, the, I guess the point of all of that little song is that you know, uh, being able to hear that melody in my head and make it come down my arm and, and play it on the instrument, and I think that's what we're all kind of struggling. Tell me about tell me about Sputnik. Uh, I, you, yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah. You brought you brought Hilarious. up you brought up our old our old friend Sputnik Monroe. I, I've I, I've read so much about that guy, and he's fascinating. Just a great guy. Let me tell you, Pally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hook me up Monday night, but I'm gonna let my friend Groovy Parker tell you. Well, that. Mike Mike Forrest, uh, he had a guitar lick, or, or the better part of the song. <laughs> And I listened to it, and I said, "That's the ballad of Sputnik Monroe." I love it. I love it. And and we were kind of kicking around ideas, and I was going, "No, y'all don't understand. That's the, that's you know." And and so uh, all I did was go and just kind of write down the words that that kind of fell together, you know, and and uh, because Sputnik. Person. He and, was. Uh, I mean, we go, we know. had Robert Gordon uh, on the show a while back, okay. who wrote Rent Party, yeah. and he had a whole little chapter dedicated to Sputnik McEnroe. Yeah. And yeah, he he was a colorful character who had a big part in bringing about um, racial exactly. Thank you. The, yeah. the only yeah. the only person and I've it, I've ever heard of that was arrested for drinking with Negroes and mopery, yeah. whatever that was, yeah, that. <laughs> mopery. Like I say, you could go and find all these newspaper articles written about about and 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 part 
other song is about uh, there was a uh, a rodeo here in Memphis, and, and there was a guy at the rodeo that kind of uh, that was winning all the you know the, the events at the rodeo, and he was from Paris, Tennessee, and he was named Marley or something. And, and uh, but uh, Sputnik went up and kind of was trying to you know drum up publicity uh, for his for his uh, his wrestling thing and he you know he was like hey come on let's fight whatever you know and, and old Marley uh, just took him out one punch so but rather than uh, Sputnik turned that into a money making deal so he challenged him and and there was there was supposed to be a fight, but that but that's just one of the things that, that, that uh, shoot, we could we could we could have wrote on three or four more verses about Sputnik. real colorful guy. You know, just, what, uh, what was it that I heard that it, that back in those days, people in their homes had had pictures of. John F. Kennedy and Sputnik Monroe framed yeah. and hanging on their walls, and I and I have that in my own house. I actually have a I have a black and white of JFK and 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 a, and a great one of Sputnik. Yeah, no, that's what you got to do. I mean, that's Memphis. Well, Sputnik took on the black cause in Memphis. He made sure that the black people that were sitting up way they were only allowed to sit way up in the, the, top. In the yeah the nosebleeds yeah, yeah yeah he made sure that they got to come down and sit in the front and, and sit oh he up. would he would flat out say look I'm not going out out there until these kids can come down and come see yeah. me 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 do my thing that he said when he first came to Memphis that was the first thing he did he went to all the the black clubs in memphis and made friends which is why he was arrested for drinking with negroes yeah. exactly. which is a, a yeah. just an absolute obscene law but still i mean that's that was part that of memphis back when the palace theater was still yeah he the was palace a true theater. outlaw still, right you know, and, and all those old cafes that was the 1950s but um we can still improve some but what a what an inspirational guy and what a strange place to get your inspiration. It is. It is a strange place, but it was perfect. It's really perfect. It's 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 there's a there's a deliciousness to this that, that, that only a guy like that could only exist in a town like this at that yeah, time. That, that's, yeah, that's the takeaway. I think. Yeah. And after all these years, for you to have a song about, about him on your CD, I mean, how cool is that? David Parker wrote that song. We've been talking about uh, uh, you know Sam Phillips and, and Memphis what a what a bizarre musically. And just uh, uh, and, and otherwise, it's just a bizarre place to live, you know. And uh, uh, but all this kind of is the same thing, really. And, and, uh, uh, There's a Twilight Zone-ish thing yeah, about this is, town. Really, it really is, yeah. yeah. The mythical breeding ground. <laughs> we, we played a load down on Beale Street at the old Black Diamond, which is Tater Ritz. Yeah. Been incorporated that space into his, who is also a dear friend of mine, lifelong. Oh, tell you, uh, yeah, Leo, he's a great cat, he man. He's a good dude. Um, anyway, uh, down there we used to play. <clears throat> I mean, a lot back before it was even the Black Diamond. It was called Craw Daddies, and we used to play down there. So Bob Harding, <clears throat> pardon me, who was the manager and the guy who ran it, and one of the owners, I guess, and a dear, sweet, kind man and a friend who passed away not too too terribly long ago. Um, used to let us come down there and play quite a bit and he loved Sputnik Monroe as much as anybody and was totally tickled by the whole thing and the fact that we all love Sputnik Monroe and he actually took a picture of our band 
just a regular old five by seven, cut out another picture of Sputnik Monroe's head, glued it to our band picture, and put Wampus Cats and their manager, <laughs> and stuck it on the wall along with all the other pictures on the wall in there in the in the old black diamond, and it hung in there for a long time. That's that brilliant. Made, that made me tremendously happy. It should. Uh, yes. I used to go there all the time. I don't remember ever seeing that. That's yeah. cool. It's the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder where that picture is. Does Tater still have that, I would reckon? I have no idea, but I would pay for that picture. <laughs> Let's get him on the phone. We'll figure it out. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. you got to have the Leo, original on that one. call yeah. us up, Leo. I, I have big Sam Clark's turban, so. Ah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty For one lifetime, I can't ask for much more. You can't. You cannot. Uh, one of the songs that we play with, uh, uh, that we have over here in the library with you is uh, High Fidelity Blues, where you make reference to uh, Little Walter. Yeah. And I think that's one of your uh, one of your uh, heroes, isn't it? I love Little Walter, man. Are we going to hear Harp again? Yes, we are. I don't think I'd take much more. Super right? cool. Uh-huh. Walter uh, was out on the street feeding himself, playing with the harmonica when he was just a kid. And uh, there was nobody like Nobody can touch Little Walter to this day. Little Walter's immortal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that line I think in that tune is like, "I'm going to take my Little Walter, Little Walter records," and it's just, it, it would just, it gets you right in the gut, All man. All I want to do is listen to Little Walter. Yes, sir. I'll tell you a quick story. Yes, sir. Fingers Taylor used to ride on the band bus, and he listened to Little Walter constantly. I remember Fingers. All he listened to yep. for about three years. I didn't know Fingers did that, but all I did was listen to Little Walter records for about three years. I didn't really care anything about listening to anything else. I just played Little Walter constantly yeah. for yeah. at least three years. You can ask these guys. And, uh, <laughs> they got sick of it. Every Little Walter song. <laughs> 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 somebody ever asked me if I knew a little, I said yes. Yeah. I, I know them all. Yeah. Yeah. So which ones you like? All of them. And so, and so I played them. Yeah. Ad nauseum, perhaps, but I played them with much repetition on Beale Street. Until finally one day, I was vindicated as I heard other harmonica players stealing repertoire off my song list and playing it in other clubs on Beale Street. <laughs> there you go. Little Walter lives and breathes on Beale Street to this day. Through your hands. They were, well, yeah. they were hitting the, the same wrong notes that you would hit. That's, <laughs> exactly, that's exactly right. They couldn't hit that flat in two either. We're going to play a little song just for fun. Yeah, go for it.
soles of his shoes was that right there man robert nighthawk and the wampus cats (laughs) (laughs) natalie needs to be go taken down and hosed down somewhere (laughs) (laughs) careful there's 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 a bunch of gentlemen in the room here well there's a bunch of guys in the room i don't know about gentlemen but uh, there's a bunch of guys here Uh, before a break, how about one more from you, uh, from you fellas here, and then we'll pause and we'll come back and we'll wrap it up. Sure, man. Uh, let's see. Uh, what do you got, Dave? Ooh, a little Professor Longhair. Oh, we're gonna. 
pretend like I'm in the meters or something. Yeah, there you go. We'll get down and get I'm funky here. I'm not, but I'm going to pretend. In my own mind, I'm be in the meters. I'm right there with you, brother. The end of it because everybody's like, oh, he's not that guy. Yeah, that's all right. I don't want much when you're. Let's do it. Yeah, man.
Oh 
just a few more to lie. Just a little dizzy to get just what you want. By means devised, resolvedly. With sheer premeditation.
great sounds there from uh, Robert Idhawk and the Wampus Cats from the new record, Cheating Time. Isn't that something there? Duplicity. Head of that, uh, mm. I'm Blue. Is that great CD? It's awesome. It's a great, it's a great record. It's so awesome. It took a while to bake. It took a while to bake, as they do. Uh, Robert, I understand uh, that uh, you uh, you uh, have a bit of a relationship, if you will, with uh, Charlie Musselwhite, who I believe is up for his 10,000th BMA award uh, coming up here next month. He's my hero in that respect. Uh, He's a great guy. He is a super human being and a, just a beautiful person. He and his wife are both just beautiful people, man. And uh, Charlie, we had a, a gig one time at New Daisy Theater many years ago and um, I think let's see now different day anyway I, I went down we played a gig that was with Coco Taylor another night at the same place I went down to hear Charlie Musselwhite strictly for my own enjoyment right. Edification, right. and I was both edified and thoroughly entertained and he just killed it and he does it seemingly effortlessly and after the show I had to go up and just thank the guy because I've been listening to his records forever on Alligator and Arhuli and all this old stuff and sure and he goes uh, and I said man I, I love this stuff I said I, I just played just a little bit but that's how I learned was listening to you and Jenny Reed and stuff and trying to play along with the records and man he was just like my hero and he was so cool he didn't just send me on down the road he goes well you got any harps and I was like have any with me he goes well, okay we well, just remember this and then he told me in 30 45 seconds how to play in third position on the harp and i wouldn't have known had he not been kind enough to inform me so i can still do that to this day thanks to charlie musselwhite that's the blues tradition that i was talking about passing it down from a guy that cares enough to give you something instead of just waving you along Explain to me what first and, and, and second and third position in harp is. First position is in the same key as the harp. So, like, if you got an E harp and you're playing a song in an E. Yeah. Okay, second position is what they call cross harp. So, um, it's uh, it's uh, like if I'm playing in a G, that would be a C. So, what is that one to be for? Four up. Yeah. Four whole steps. Anyway, and, um, and second is just basically... And third, I'm sorry, third is a uh, position is uh, like if I'm playing in a, uh, it would be basically the, uh, it drop a full step. That's oh, okay, so you come down a step then. Yeah. Yeah, I got I you. I can't explain it. It's a, it's a whole different scale, and you can't even hear it unless you hear it against the music because normally people just start wanting to play in, in cross harp. That's cross harp. Um, the Jimmy Reed stuff that you hear, especially that where he's hitting all those high notes and stuff, a lot of that is first position harp. And most of the stuff that you hear that's blue, most of the stuff you hear period is, is second position cross harp. And third position is just for really cool guys like Charlie Musselwhite and Big Walter Horton. And <laughs> you sound like it's a club. I know, this is like so foreign to me. It's very much a club. Yeah, it is. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know he's going to be around for the BMAs uh, in May, so uh, you know, hopefully, you get a chance to go see him. And, uh, I'm going to try to see him if I can, because that is one cool guy. Man. Oh, he is! Oh, he's he's the essence of cool. Yes, he, 
He really is. And, and just a sweetheart of a guy. Just well, lovely guy. I know a guy. lot of Charlie Musselwhite stories, too, but I, I promise not to preach earlier. <laughs> it all turned out to be such a lie. <laughs> Charlie Musselwhite lived in Memphis, man, and he moved yeah. to Chicago when he was a kid. And he, like me, loved little Walter, and he loved blues, and he loved all that blues that had migrated to Chicago and turned electric up there. Right. And so he loved little Walter's music and would go hang out with him, not even old enough to be in these clubs. And little Walter, being worried about him, would walk him down to the bus stop and make sure he got on the bus okay. Wow. Charlie Musselwhite. Wow. So, so Robert, I I know you, you play harp and you play piano. Which do you prefer more? I, I know you play both, but um, I don't know. I, I I love the Hammond organ because it's like the blues symphony. You can just get so many sounds out of it, and if you are in a big group of musicians, you can find a frequency where you fit in that's not already taken, and that makes the whole thing sound better. So I love the Hammond organ for that, and I love the way it sounds when you solo on it like Jimmy Smith or something. And the harmonica, I never could bend a note, see, like on a um, piano. You kind of have to fake it. You kind of slide from one note to the next. But you can't really bend it, the pitch. But you can on a harmonica. You can mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you can beat it oh, to yeah. death, yeah. Today. So, uh, and you can do that on a guitar. Well, I knew I couldn't play the guitar, so I'll leave that to all these guys. And So the only thing I have to do is try to hit a pitch and bend notes on this thing. That's where the, the, the different positions come in to play. It's because you're, you're able to bend into notes and stuff. That, that, uh, yeah, bending I, in instead of bending out, yeah. So it's just a love for both then, right? Like, it's just you love both. I love both. Uh, different weapons for different things, I guess. I, I, I like piano just for the sake of it being a beautiful accompaniment. And uh, as far as just playing solos and having fun and little Walter songs harmonica is great but uh, I have a real weakness for the Hammond organ and the Leslie too that's that's, that's I'm sorry we didn't have a Leslie for you tonight oh, don't I, worry I, about yeah, that you know. man I got, all, I got all that stuff we'll do this again we'll have a rematch like Sputnik Monroe absolutely we will we will we will do that uh, before you get into your in, into your into your uh, show closer here, if you will, uh, tell me about these guys that, that that have been working behind you tonight, uh, the Wampus Cats oh, themselves. Man, I can't thank them enough. Back here on the guitar is my buddy Memphis Mike Forrest. Uh, been playing in the band for 35 years. And, you don't uh, look it, my friend. Oh, yeah, yeah. Really. That guitar a, does, but you don't. He's playing yeah. a 1968 Fender Stratocaster that sounds really sweet. He's always had that guitar. Uh, well, when he started the band, he had a 335 Gibson. That was pretty cool, too. But anyway, back here on the drums, jumping James Cunningham, who also did all the engineering stuff. You, yeah, you engineered and mixed this record, didn't you? Good job, my friend. Very good. Very good. And uh, over here on the bass guitar is David Parker. We call him Groove for obvious reasons. And he also sings and writes songs, writes great songs. And that second song that's on this record that everybody loves, oh, yeah. he wrote yeah, yeah, and sang. So. I'm proud of these guys. They suffered like Job with me. Uh, once, you, once, you've, right. once you've moved the Leslie cabinet up, up or down the steps to the Elks Club in the snow, uh, yeah. that's the glamour of That's business. the glamour of showbiz. That's, show that's where it's all at right there. <laughs> Good job, Dave. All you guys are so, 
You're such a Memphis treasure. All of you. I love all of you. And I'm so proud of you. And I'm so honored and thrilled that you're that you're here tonight. And and the C D is 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 so great and I hope that everybody will will pick it up and and, and listen to it because it's Well, if they do, we're gonna go make some more uh, records, so anybody wants to hear some more just uh, buy a couple of those and that'll be it doesn't take much to encourage us to incite us and we'll go back and play some more blues in the as Sidel davis said if it's in you it's got to come out it's got to come out, it's got to come out man come out. that's what it is all right one last time fellas uh-oh i heard little walter again
Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's how you shut it down that's for the it. night right there. Robert Nighthawk and the Wampus Cats right here at Radio Memphis. Thank you guys so very much for thank coming you. in tonight. We love you guys. Uh, thank you for this brand new record, Cheating Time, available where sold. Go get a copy through Mad Jack Records. You won't be sorry. Go get it, guys. I yeah. promise you. Yeah, you'll 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 love it. Yeah. And anytime they show up around your town, go uh, go see them. So uh, so there it is. The proceeding was produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated and originally aired live on Radio Memphis. Any offers or advertisement contained may not still be valid. All rights are reserved, and copyright is held by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated, Memphis, Tennessee. For more, look for all the RMOD players at radio-memphis.com.